Welcome back to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. And welcome back to another episode here. I really have been appreciating all the comments and emails and that you've been sending about the podcast. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. And for more, subscribe wherever you're listening so you'll get a note every time, a notification saying that there's a new podcast out. And please go to my website, exploreyourspirit.com. Sign up for my free newsletter where you're going to get links to blog posts I do with pictures about things like my interior decor blast that I'm doing. You'll also find out about upcoming classes, new work that I'm putting out, and more about the podcast. So today, as we continue in my cornucopia of topics here that I can teach, I'm kind of making the gamut running around from one to the other. Those of you that have known me for a while and worked with me, you know I do a lot of different things. I'm known as an esoteric wisdom teacher, and that means that I teach the ancient wisdom teachings from back in the time of ancient Egypt and Greece and even before that, going way, way back. These teachings have been passed orally from teacher to student for thousands of years, and they discuss very deep metaphysical and spiritual topics and really work with the soul. So I'm a coach, but really for the soul. And I take people back through this journey into asking the questions, who am I and why am I here? And to really do a lot of introspection and to find out who you are at a soul level. During the process of this evolution, you go from thinking that you're a human being to understanding that you're a spiritual being that is temporarily here in a human body. And so you understand the difference and can look at the long trajectory of the many lifetimes that you've had. I teach how to go back into your Akashic records, how to understand your past lives, and how to then use all the metaphysical tools and information that's available in order to live your best life uh, from a spiritual and soul perspective. So we look at you astrologically, we look at you soulfully, we look at your higher self, we look at your past lives, where you've been and what you've done. We look at your karmic markers, why you keep returning, and what does that mean? And as you work with me in this way, we peel back, as we said, the layers of the onion that tell your story so that you can figure out who you are at the soul level and what your purpose is in this lifetime. It takes a lot of work. It's a very dedicated and long process. And so there are only about 2% of people in the world that really even want to do this. If it's something that calls to you or you think is of interest, check out my book, Nine Life-Altering Lessons, Secrets of the Mystery Schools Unveiled. That book was written many years ago when I was teaching with a full mystery school in North Carolina, and my students really prompted me to write that book saying that this information should be shared with others who couldn't come and travel to my school in North Carolina to study directly with me. So those first nine lessons really give you an idea if this type of work is for you. 
So that's part of the work that I do. And that really spills into everything else I teach and talk about and do, really, but on a, a less strenuous level. I'm also the author of six books, writing about things like the aura and psychic ability and dream interpretations and about mediumship and seeing ghosts and spirits and communicating with them, as well as the mystery school teachings. So I write about a lot of topics, and even more of those I delve into in my blog. I'm also an intuitive interior decorator. Because I see the aura around every person and in the home, I'm able to see what colors and design really work best in your home for you and all of your family members in it. So I help people redesign their homes with color and design and furniture and decor that really make the home theirs and that make it a warm type of sanctuary to be in. So you'll hear me talk about this a lot as I love doing interior design as well as holiday decorating as well and decorating for events. If you're listening to me here, you know I'm a podcaster already. I had a show back starting in 2006, Explore Your Spirit with Kayla, and that ran for many years, where I interviewed people in our genre from all around the world, authors and artists and researchers and healers, and talked about their work. And now this is my new show, The Kayla Ambrose Show, where I talk about what I know and teach and share. This is season one of that show, and so I've started by bouncing around and talking about a lot of different topics that I teach about. And I'm going to do that today too and throw in another one. I'm certified in a lot of modalities. I'm a certified traditional feng shui master. I'm a certified Reiki master. And most recently, I'm a certified grief educator after studying with David Kessler. And David Kessler, you may know, worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and they wrote many books together and they did what's probably the most profound and respected study, research, and explanations of grief in the grief process. David Kessler also worked with Louise Hay, and he continues to be the leader in explaining and helping others through the process of grief. So I'd like to talk about grief today, one, because it's something I know well, Uh, and have personal experience with. Another reason is it's close to the holidays, and many people deal with grief during this time. And as happy as this time is, such a joyous time, the holiday season, for many as well, it can also trigger grief. And it's possible to actually feel both at the same time, to feel the joy of the season and also have grief about what's missing, or more directly, who's missing in the holiday. One of the concepts that I teach my wisdom students is that the only constant in life is change. It's a very old quote, and when you really sit and think about it, it's profound. It reminds you that you must embrace change because it will come. No matter what you do or don't do, life is constantly evolving. Life is always moving and growing and challenging us and pushing us and inviting us to come be part of the change. Seasons change, weather changes, 
Our bodies change. We grow. We age. We experience so much through change. It's really what the earth plane is here for, to show us through the calendar of the year. It shows this change. We look at this at the beginning of every new year and say, what am I going to do different this year? We look back at the end of a year and say, what did we do? What did we accomplish? Let's make new goals. What do we want to create and see happening in the new year? We are constantly looking and evolving. And this is what life does. It is to keep us constantly evolving and erupting and creating new energy and bringing it forth and releasing and letting go of old things and bringing in new experiences and new input. This starts from the moment we're born. We begin to look around and notice who is the person that is comforting us? Who is there for us? When do we feel warmth? Who is this person we call mother, father? And we begin to take in all the sensory information and process it. And because the world is a big and busy place, we find comfort in finding things that don't change very often. They give us a sense of belonging and they give us a sense of control. But again, I guess I'm going to throw out all those old sayings today. Uh, there's that other old saying is that life is what happens when you're busy making plans or man plans and God smiles. There really is not a lot of control that we have in our world. And we can make the best plans um, that we're able to. And it's good to have plans and goals. It helps us move forward and get things done. But we do have a destiny and we do have things that are going to happen to us, whether we understand them or not at the time. And in the future, we can look back and again, the old saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. we can see more clearly why certain things happened. And I do talk about in my Nine Lessons book that everything happens for a reason and all that happens happens for good. But when we're going through some of the most terrible, challenging, disruptive periods in our life, it's hard to see the good. That is part of the human condition. And that is where, when we feel the deepest grief, when we don't understand why something had to happen and our life is profoundly changed in a deep way that won't be recovered or returned in this lifetime. And that begins with the deepest loss, which is the loss of life, the death of someone we love. There are so many directions I'd like to take this talk about grief today. Whew. Part of me wants to go into the dumbest and worst things that people say to someone in grief. I'll give you an example. When I lost my husband, when he died and I became a widow, I had a person that I know somewhat, not what I would call a best friend, but someone that I'd worked with and networked with. And they called and wanted to give me their condolences. And how they did that was telling me that they had been through a divorce and so that they knew exactly how I was feeling because they had suffered loss because they had been through a divorce. It was the worst thing they could have called and said to me because divorce is not death. 
it is different. Divorce is a loss, and it is the ending of something. It's the ending of a marriage. It's the death of a marriage. But it is not the same as loss of life. It's not. And at the time when this person said this to me, I didn't even have the energy in me to correct them. But I'm sharing it here now, so if it's ever said to you while you're in grief that you'll know you're not alone and you'll find someone to talk to about this. I thankfully had a good friend that I could call and say, you won't believe what this person said to me. And how ridiculous is that? To compare their divorce to the death of my husband that I love so much. I wanted to say to that person when they first said it to me, will your children never see this person again because you're divorced? Or is that person still alive? Because my son won't see his father again, but your children will go on to see their parent. Will you ever have the chance to have another conversation with this person, whether you want to or not? You can, you might, and you will. But for me to have the conversation in the same manner on the physical world is not possible anymore. Is there an opportunity that you could make up with this person and become friends with them again or more? Is there an opportunity for anything to happen because they're still here? Whereas when someone has died, there is no more opportunity. I cannot believe how rude and ignorant this comment was to me. And those of you who have been in deep grief, you probably have even worse comments than that that were said to you that you could share with me. Trust me, I know. I could dedicate a whole podcast here just to things like that that people have said. But I'm just going to throw this one out for now because I don't want to just talk about that. So if you're here listening to this podcast and you're in grief or you've been through grief, know you're not alone with those comments. And if you haven't been through grief and you're wondering what to say, here's a tip. That one is not a good one. By the way, this person that wanted to give me such amazing advice, how they had gone through the same thing, they're back remarried to that person. So yeah, tell me how that's the same. I'd love to hear how I could work that out for me. When we lose someone, whether it's a parent, whether it's a partner, whether a sibling, a friend, a loved one, or the most difficult, a child, it rips apart the entire fabric of our being. It removes us from the energy flow that we run that we call our life. It disrupts everything and brings it to a screeching halt. And our world stops. And there's a quiet that starts inside. And one becomes aware at some point that the rest of the world is still moving on. You hear the sights and the sounds of people going about their lives not really any different than they were the day before. But for you, your life has stopped in an overwhelming and life-altering way. And so begins the process of what we'll call your grief. And the reason I describe it as your grief is because no one grieves the same. And it's very important to understand that, that your grief is yours, your grief is done your way, 
and there is no right way or wrong way to grieve. It will be what it'll be. You're going to feel how you feel. And you shouldn't try to measure it up or compare or wondering if you're doing it right. You're just going to have to give into it and to let yourself feel the feels. And here I go with more little quotes uh, in this podcast, but there's the old saying, you got to feel to heal. And so you don't want to numb out for too long if possible. Now, depending on the type of grief and how it happens, you may for a while choose to do that. Sometimes your mind will do it for you. It's protecting you so that it can come to you in phases, especially if it's a traumatic type of grief or a loss that happened very quickly and you had no time to prepare for it mentally and emotionally, uh, a death that happened suddenly, things like that. Then your mind may actually numb you out a little bit to protect you and to give you time to kind of sort through it. Depending on how you react, you may see a doctor who prescribes you some medication, or you may choose other ways to go numb for a while. That's completely understandable. Eventually, though, over time, you're going to come back out of it at your own time and at your pace for what you need to do. Some people have to come out very quickly uh, because they have children to take care of or other things that they need to do and handle. Again, there's no real timeline. I remember speaking with a grief counselor after the loss of my husband and them explaining to me a formula they use where they take how many years you were married and they do this formula that says how many months or years it'll take you to get over your grief. And I remember being really upset that they could think or dare to think they could create a formula that would tell me how long I would feel how I'd feel. That year one, I would feel this way, and year two, I would feel like this, and onward. But I have to say, funny enough, as angry as I was about that, the formula actually was pretty true. I remember one day thinking, okay, I'm at this year, and according to the formula, this is how I should be feeling about now, and I was, and (laughs) that made me angry too, that I was like, I was like, really? I'm a statistic. I I played right into that formula. There are so many times you're going to laugh and cry about things as you go through grief and often at the same time. For me, the first year was a blur. It was numb. I really, I don't remember too much about it. The few things I do remember is because they were really tough. They were tough times to get through, like a holiday or something that happened with a person that said something really upsetting to me and having to process those feelings on top of everything else I was going through. Those things really are the memories that I have the most of. Year two gets a little harder because you kind of do integrate back into the world and there's a realization that this is going to be the new normal, that you have to live, that you have to do what you have to do in the world, and this is your new normal without that person in your life. So while year two uh, was a struggle, I found year three even more defining in many ways. 
By this time, most everyone's kind of moved on and forgotten about things. They don't speak a lot about your loved one. Uh, most people don't do this anyway because they don't know how to handle it. They don't want to see you cry or get upset or sad. And what they don't understand is that you already are upset and sad all the time. And you already do cry all the time with a thought you have or something you miss or something that comes up or something that triggers it that you're not even expecting. It just, the grief just falls and hits you. Uh, and they don't understand that you want to talk about this loved one who's missing. You want to share funny stories and you want to reminisce and you want to talk about the memories and you want to talk with others about missing this person and you want them to talk about how they miss that person too. But others who aren't going through the grief the same shy away from this and think it's better, oh, if I don't talk about it, then they won't be upset. But it actually can make you in grief feel lonelier because everybody avoids the subject. And now you search harder to find someone that will help keep their memory alive and that will want to talk about them. Over time into year four and into year five, you've learned a lot about giving yourself permission to grieve. And you know that grief will pull you into its throes again and again, and you won't always see it coming, but you'll know who you are and how you go through it and how you get back up again and what you do. So you'll you'll know the process of grief, you'll identify it, you'll see it coming, and sometimes you might be able to stop it, and other times it's coming like a freight train, you know that it's coming, you give into it, but you find that you recover a little quicker, you find that you bounce back a little better each time. The other thing you learn is that there is something beyond death, and that's love. And even though you've loved and lost, as Shakespeare says, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And so you've loved and you've lost. And what you've lost is that person in your life on a physical basis. But you've not lost the person. The love that you still have is still there. The love that you have for that person is still there. It still exists. And you carry it with you on through to the other side. Grief does not take away love. Nothing takes away love. Over the years, the mind does funny things. Uh, it's designed, I think, in order to help us heal, in order to keep us not trapped in our traumas and tragedies. The mind moves forward, bringing in new input and creating new memories and experiences. So over time, our older memories start to fade. So you may find over time that you'll forget certain memories with your loved one. You'll forget certain things about their physicality. Parts of how they sounded when they laughed. Or little quirks and mannerisms they had. And certain memories will start to fade. You may forget some of these things, but you will never forget how they made you feel. You will never forget their love. You will never forget their warmth. You will never forget many of the experiences you had with them and 
the love that you have for them. But what happens as life continues to push us forward, like I said earlier, to grow and to evolve and to have new experiences, that it's like the seasons. The wheel of the year keeps turning and we keep going through the seasons and new memories pile on top of the old memories and it keeps going. What happens is you make room, you expand, you grow, and you become fuller. So you still have the love in your heart for that person, but it allows room for more love to come in as well. If you've lost a parent, you will forever miss them. They're your roots. They're what connected you to your childhood, to where you come from. And when you lose your parents and you become, as we say, an orphan, no matter what age you are, it's devastating because it's a connection to you and to someone who's known you since the day you were born. And no one else can really share that same experience. You can have other family members, aunts and uncles who are around at that time, but no one who knew you like your parents knew you. So that sets you about feeling lost in a, in a way of, of not feeling grounded, of not knowing your roots, not knowing how to connect. And if you were close with your parents, not being able to share those experiences with them. They also give you a sense of belonging and a sense of safety that no matter what, mom and dad are there. They're there to help you, protect you, pick you up when you need, give you a soft place to fall. So when you lose them, you lose that connection and that sense of safety. My first experience losing that sense of safety was when my grandfather passed. And I'd have to go look back on the certificate to see what year it was exactly. But I think I was between 9 and 10 when it happened. And he was a very strong influence in my life. I spent really a great majority of my childhood at this particular grandparent's home, very close to him and my grandmother. And he and I looked alike where I didn't look like anyone else in the family. I had this bright red hair, everyone else in my family. My parents both had dark brown hair. My brother and sister had blonde, blonde hair. And I was this redhead running around. Where did I belong? And he had red hair, so he was my connection to, hey, I do belong in this family. He was also psychic and an empath and had many abilities. And so I could talk to him about the things I was experiencing as a psychic uh, and a child with psychometry and prophetic dreams. He understood these things because his mother had been that way as well. So he could really talk to me about it even when I was a young child and give me a touchstone and some type of connection to understand and feel safe about it all. When he died, it happened very suddenly. It was unexpected, and I actually woke in the middle of the night feeling his distress as he was dying and waking up to tell my parents. And I share this story in my book, uh, The Awakened Aura, where I share the experience of what it was like for me as an empath feeling as he passed away, waking my parents up to tell them what was happening and them getting the phone call 
about it a short time later at three in the morning. So that was my first real deep experience with loss and losing someone who was so important, who understood me at a level that no one else could. My journey with grief and loss has been a strong one in this lifetime. I then lost my father in my 20s and my mother in my 30s and then became a widow in my 40s. So I've learned to deal with grief in a variety of ways, losing the past with my grandfather, losing my roots and connection immediately with my parents, being essentially an orphan in my 30s, and then losing my present and my future with my husband and becoming a widow. When you lose your spouse, your partner, you lose what you have in the present day, but you also lose all the hopes and dreams and plans for the future. And you lose the connection with the person who knows you best if you're very close to that partner. Those of you who are in this grief, losing a partner in this way, I understand. I see you. I hear you. And I understand. There's the first level of grief, losing the love of your life. And then there's the second level, as everything that you love starts to dissipate in front of you, it erodes very quickly. A lot of friends move on. They're not comfortable because you're not a couple anymore. They're not comfortable with you being the single person. They don't know what to do with you. Some don't want to deal with the grief. Some of them, it terrifies them because they think about what would happen and how they're going to feel when it happens to them. I had some friends tell me that straight out, that it's their biggest fear, what I just went through, becoming a widow. And so they couldn't bear to be around me because it just strikes that fear within them that one day that's coming for them as well. I had other friends that were jealous because their husbands offered to help me out with some things when it first happened around my home and in the yard. And they actually were upset that their husbands would never do things around their own home, but they had offered to help me in the worst moment of my life. You think you know people when this happens, but you will be surprised how some people act and react. And you will lose friends, most likely. The majority of the people I've talked to have, and it certainly happened for me as well. The second is the loss of everything else in your life. Your lifestyle changes, how you're going to live changes, Every decision you make changes. Everything gets disrupted. And your mind chooses at that time to numb out and to try to protect you, but you're supposed to be handling a million things at the same time. It's it's an overwhelming journey. And you'll find out what you're made of when you go through it. Now, many of you know what I'm talking about here when I say other people want to tell you how strong you are. And They'll tell you this over and over and over. You're so strong. You're so strong. I could never do what you do. I'm not that strong. I'd be falling apart. I'd be on the floor. I'm not as strong as you. Do they really think that helps? Do I really need to know that they would be on the floor, but somehow I'm strong because I managed to get up and do what needs to be done? It makes you feel terrible. Am I grieving wrong because I got up and handled what needs to be done to survive? 
and I'm not just curled up in a ball on the floor. The things people say, uh, <laughs> again, those of you who are in grief, who have gone through grief, you know what I'm talking about. And those of you who haven't, I hope you hear this just to understand, to think of your words carefully and to really give thought before you say even that. It's telling someone else you wouldn't be able to do it. Doesn't help them when they're trying to put on as brave of a face as they can. And they are white knuckling it. Trust me, they are feeling anxiety and depression and grief and stress and doing everything they can to hold it together just to get through that day sometimes and handle what they have to do. And they're not feeling strong. And telling them that you couldn't be as strong doesn't help them feel any stronger. Like I said, there's so much I want to talk about with grief. And this is really just a brief introduction because there's so many different places to go. I also want to talk about loss. Because even if you haven't had the loss of a close loved one who died, uh, you still experience loss. We all do. Even things that you choose to have change and loss from, you still will grieve those. You may decide to buy a new home and move. And even though you may decide to do that and you want to do it, you will still grieve the loss of your old home, the loss of the life you had before, the loss of the community, the loss of the connection. And even though you may be willingly choosing to do this, even without the death of someone, just because it's good for you or good for your family, you will still feel loss and grief. And it's important to allow everyone in the family to experience that and to feel it. You experience loss when you change jobs or when you get a divorce. There is definitely grief and loss with divorce. Not the same as death, but there is definitely grief and loss with divorce. It is the ending. And anytime something ends and you go to something new, you still will feel the loss for a certain amount of time. So it's important to understand that everyone grieves and that it's a natural, normal part of life. And we tend to avoid this. We want to not feel things. We want to not deal with things. We want to shut off. We want medication to stop us from feeling. Or we might drink or use other types of drugs to not feel. Or we push it down way inside trying to avoid the feelings. You cannot really escape the feelings of grief and loss. And if you bury them, they will come out and in other ways that won't serve you as well. So it's better to understand that this is a normal, natural process and to give yourself permission to feel and to go through it. Those that haven't gone through it in the same way may have advice that is not going to work for you. They may say things to you that's not going to work. And you'll have to have compassion and understanding that they just don't know what they don't know. And that it's okay for you to grieve and to go through the process in the way that's best for you. Oh, grief. You are such a part of life. That is the human condition. Everything that we love can also be lost. Even the things we love the most all fade over time or pass on and move on. We see this in the seasons. We love the flowers that bloom in the spring and the gardens that grow to 
lush, abundant levels in the summer, and then we see them in the fall as the leaves fall off the trees and the flowers die, and we go into that deep slumber in the winter where everything lays barren and still, and there's no movement on the earth as snow covers the ground. But then we see it comes back again, and spring returns, and hope springs eternal. And that is the process here of life on earth. Part of the human condition is knowing that nothing lasts forever. And so we're here to stay rooted and focused on the present and the now, enjoying things while we can. It is part of the mortal condition. I'll be talking more about grief in future episodes with tips about what to do if you're in grief of one type or another, tips about what to do when you're going through a loss of one type or another, not even a death, but just a personal loss in some way, and offering more helpful suggestions and things to do. But for now, I just wanted to introduce the topic, share a little bit about personally my journey with grief in order to let you know that my experiences have transformed me as a person. And when you go through the loss of a loved one, you are forever changed. And that's part of what you have to accept as well. But also with the knowing that you will come back and thrive again in a new and different way. And that there is always room for love. And that you will never lose the love of the person you lost. You will never lose the love you have for them. And that will carry on in this lifetime and the next and over to the other side. And you'll see how it continues and plays out. And if you do work with past lives and the Akashic Records, you'll see how this person was in your life many times before. And that often we play different roles in each other's lives as we come back. The person that we love in one role may have been a parent and then a partner in another lifetime and onward. We shift and we shape into different roles each time. But the love is always there. If you're listening to this podcast and you're going through grief at this time, I send you my love. I send you my thoughts. I send you my understanding. And know that I see you. And I honor the grief that you're feeling. And I wish you the best on this journey as you go through it. Take it one day at a time. And know that whatever you're feeling is how you're choosing to grieve, and that is completely okay. If for any reason, though, it becomes too overwhelming for you, do reach out for help. Do reach out to a a counselor, a therapist, someone, and get help if you do find that it is too overwhelming or debilitating. We all need help in our lives one time or another, And this is certainly a time where there are people who are willing to help. Okay, so this was a heavier podcast than usual. But a lot of the work I do is helping people work through their stuff. And we all have experienced loss in one type or another. So even if you're not in grief right now over losing someone, you may still be carrying around a lot of loss and grief in that way from things that happened in your childhood onward into your adult life. So there may be things that you really should think about as well. Go back and take a look at and see how did those things affect you? 
Were they traumatic? Did they cause you to put up blocks in your life? Did you put walls around yourself to protect you from feeling this way ever again? And if so, is it time to take those walls down? Is it blocking you from living your best life? Are there things that you put into place thinking that you were protecting yourself, which really have only allowed you to only live half a life, not a life as full as you could? If so, you may be ready to take a look at these things and to do the work to let these things go and open yourself up now to new experiences. Wishing everyone well in their journey.